the volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, it's Kevin Hart. In this basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back all my game tickets. Plus, tickets for 23 of my biggest fans to cheer me on while I enjoy the game. Find your I appreciate the support, people. Eat that pretzel. This will never get old. Use more napkins. Okay, this is starting to get old. Say the tag one. Cash back like a pro. With Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. Lakers Tonight is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. It's a great place to bet on the NBA. It's America's number one sportsbook, and you get winnings delivered in as quick as two hours. Plus, it's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same-game parlay. If you are new, just download FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Jason T so they know I sent you. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Louisiana, permitted parishes only, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. In Tennessee Redline, Dial 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. It's been a weird sequence here over the last couple of weeks. I was venting about it the other day. You know, the Lakers have played just twice in the last 15 days. And in the middle of that has been a boatload of drama. We did have a little bit more drama today. Definitely less drama than we've been having. We only had a renowned Lakers writer in Los Angeles 
uh, advocate for trading LeBron, and then a couple of ESPN personalities do the same. That's pretty low-key compared to the way it's been over the last couple of weeks. We are going to touch on that, but I'm going to save that for the end because I am desperate to talk some actual basketball. We're going to talk about the Nets. I just want to break down the differences between their situation and where the Lakers are at right now in terms of their hopes of getting out of the play-in and and making a run at things. We're also going to talk about Cade versus Mobley. We're going to get into the differences between those two guys, which guy I think has a better ceiling, which guy I think has the best chance to win Rookie of the Year as well. And then at the end, like I said, we'll touch on the LeBron trade idea, which I think is ridiculous, but we'll, we'll save that for the end. You know, <clears throat> there's a couple of similarities between where the Nets are right now and where the Lakers are right now in the sense that they're heading into a tough part of their schedule. Like the Nets are playing the Bucks next, then they play Toronto twice, then they play the Heat, then they play the Celtics, then they play the Hornets, then they play the Sixers. That's tough. Like they're, it's going to be hard even with Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons to get out of the play-in game in that case. The Lakers are also heading into an extremely tough stretch of their schedule. I believe the vast majority of their games are against over 500 teams on the road for the rest of the season. That's tough, right? There's some similarities there. Both teams have had some self-inflicted damage, right? Like the Lakers played some of their worst players to start the season instead of prioritizing better players. They were misaligned in a lot of ways, playing away from their strengths. And then the Nets have done a lot of the same. And then straight up personnel, Kyrie Irving not getting the vaccine, that's self-sabotage. James Harden getting a wandering eye for yet another season and looking in other directions and kind of not tanking, but not playing his best basketball. That's also self-sabotage. But there's a very key difference between the situation the Nets are facing and the situation the Lakers are facing. The Nets actually have enough talent from the top to the bottom of their roster to make a run and to potentially win the title. The Lakers do not. You know, I'm looking at the Lakers roster. I'm getting LeBron. I'm getting Anthony Davis. Russell Westbrook is, you know, all the things that I've been saying about him. Malik Monk has showed a lot of potential, but, you know, he's not a great defensive player and he's inconsistent because he's young. And then a lot of role players, right? A lot of guys that can maybe do a job, but then there's older guys in there that may not even be NBA players anymore. When I look at the Nets, I'm getting Kevin Durant and I'm getting Kyrie Irving back for home games. We had a, uh, a press conference today from the mayor of New York saying that that's something they're working towards on their end. So guess what? You're going to see Kyrie Irving as long as he's healthy in all of the important home games the rest of the season. And then I have Ben Simmons, who's way better than the third best player on the Lakers and a perfect shoe-in fit with that team. It's not like Russ. It's not like this obvious you know, basketball, you know, collision course where it's like he needs the ball in his hands all the time. He's not a good off-ball player. But meanwhile, LeBron needs to have the ball in his hands. You know, he's the third best player on the team, so he needs to do role player stuff, but he's bad at role player stuff. Ben Simmons is great at role player stuff. He's a great perimeter defender. He's a great backline defender. He's a great rebounder. He does he, he can sit in the dunker spot unless it's game seven against the Hawks. He can do a lot of different things to fill roles on that team, which means he's a more natural fit. Now, I understand that there's a time crunch here, right? Like we're looking at like a month and a half until we really get into the playoffs. So it doesn't seem like there's enough time to build cohesion there. But I'm never worried about that as long as there's something they can fall back on, whether that's a team identity, like the team's a great defensive team, 
And, you know, everyone else on the team is playing defense a certain way, and you can kind of slide back into that when guys get healthy. Or if there's some, you know, continuity, like same coach, same system, same everything, you know, we can lean back on that. Uh, basketball fit is another big part of it. Like, if, if LeBron and Anthony Davis are such a natural basketball fit that when they got back on the court together last year after not playing with each other for a long time, it was seamless. There's, you know, there's not, there's not a whole lot of continuity building that needs to be done as long as there's a natural fit that you can fall back on. And Brooklyn absolutely has that. Incorporating Ben Simmons is going to be the easiest thing in the entire world because he's going to be the only non-shooter in their lineup. It's not going to be like Russell Westbrook alongside DeAndre Jordan, alongside Anthony Davis, who hasn't been able to make a jump shot since the bubble. It's not that kind of dynamic. He's going to be alongside Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and Seth Curry. He's going to be alongside a ton of shooting where his spacing concerns aren't going to be that much of an issue. You know, last year, the Lakers' predicament was significantly worse than what the Nets were dealing with. I think LeBron came back with four games left, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong about that. But it was right around – it was a small handful of games that LeBron played. And then he walked right into a playoff series against the Phoenix Suns, and the Lakers looked like the Lakers. You know, maybe they didn't shoot as well as they did in the bubble, and that's probably why things were a little uglier in the early part of that series, but they looked like the Lakers. They were defending like crazy. They were physically imposing. They were going through Phoenix to the basket. Even when they weren't making shots, they were getting a boatload of offensive rebounds and putting the ball back in the basket. On the other end of the floor, they were wearing down Phoenix with their size and athleticism. They, it didn't take long for them to get back to what they were. And I don't think the Nets are going to have that problem either. Now, with the strength of schedule and with the fact that Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant are still probably a week or so away from coming back, if not longer, then yeah, it's, it, they're, they're probably going to be in the play-in. But like we saw with the Lakers – you can still do it from there. They were up 2-1 on Phoenix. Had they won that series, they would have taken the two spot in the bracket. So they effectively become the two seed at that point. That's where Brooklyn's going to be. One of these top seeds in the East, which who knows who it's going to be because they're all right next to each other in terms of games back from each other. But one of those top two seeds is going to have to face Brooklyn. And Brooklyn's going to have Kevin Durant. They're going to have Ben Simmons. They're going to have Kyrie Irving. They're going to have Seth Curry. Seth Curry's a good player, good role player. They're going to have Patty Mills. That's a good role player. They have a rim-running big in Nick Claxton that's better than any of the centers on the Lakers. There's a lot of talent on this team. They're just going to have a tougher path than they would have had if they were healthy the rest of the season. I'm not worried about it, and they still are very, very imposing, and they're a big threat even from the play-in. There's one thing they have to watch out for, one thing that concerns me with that specific dynamic that they have working over there. When you have three little guards, so if Kyrie's going to start and if Seth Curry's going to play, and let's say Patty Mills is one of your better options as a player, it just, it just in terms of overall talent to throw out there, you can run into a similar problem that the Lakers have run into a lot this year when they've had Russ and Malik Monk and Avery Bradley on the floor. If the aggregate size of the lineup is too small, then you start losing a lot of these physical altercations on the floor. You start losing rebounding position. You start getting outrun down the floor by a bigger, more athletic wing. You start to struggle with isolation defense because guys are just going through you or shooting over the top. When your aggregate size is that small, you're asking for a lot from Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant, while he's capable of being that like defensive focal point at the center position, we've seen him do it, it's just a lot to ask for him physically. 
And so that's where it gets interesting. It'll be interesting to see if they have to send one of those two little guards to the bench, someone like Seth Curry or someone like Patty Mills in favor of a either a wing, someone like Bruce Brown or James Johnson, or going big with someone like Nick Claxton. Now, when you go that route, you run into spacing issues, but that's the beauty of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are very unique in the sense that they're kind of spacing proof. You know, when you're a downhill scorer, someone that needs to get to the rim, someone like LeBron and Anthony Davis, spacing can be an issue because it turns you into a jump shooter. And while, you know, LeBron is a good jump shooter off of the dribble, even though he's not one of the best in the league, he's capable of operating a little bit in that scenario. But you've seen that be a huge problem for Anthony Davis this season. But when you're Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and that contested, you know, off the dribble 15-footer, 20-footer, or even pull-up three is actually a good shot for you, then spacing is not as much of an issue. So they actually can get away with going big and going with someone like Claxton or another wing instead of one of those guards and still maintaining enough offense. The reason why that's so important is teams like Milwaukee and Miami are so big and athletic all over the floor that you have to have something to be able to compete with them on that front. Over the course of a seven-gamer, that can cost you. That's what happened to Phoenix last year in the finals. They came out hot. Everything was good. Over the course of that series, Milwaukee's physicality just wore on them. And so that's, that's the thing that's going to be interesting for Brooklyn is whether or not with this kind of current setup that they have, if they can hold up physically. But I definitely like their chances more with Ben Simmons on that front than I would have with James Harden. So I like the Nets' chances. They're not the Lakers. Like, I flat out said I – I went on a, another volume podcast earlier this week uh, called The Favorites, and I talked about the Lakers, and I flat out said, and I mean this, they do not have enough talent to win. Unless THT makes some massive leap or they have a home run buyout signing, they can't do it. Not even if LeBron and Anthony Davis play at their very best. Brooklyn does have enough talent. They do have the pieces. They've just signed up for a tough path, but I wouldn't count them out. For those of you who are just joining us, this is Lakers Tonight presented by FanDuel here on The Volume. We were just talking about the Brooklyn Nets. I wanted to talk about this Evan Mobley versus Cade Cunningham matchup that happened tonight. It's a basketball fan's dream, right? Watching two of the best rookies in the league playing the two best rookies in the league. The most interesting dynamic to me is that perimeter initiator versus big guy type of dynamic, right? It's the same dynamic that the Lakers have been dealing with. And there's actually some irony there because there are some parallels there because these are two very similar players. Kate Cunningham is averaging over five rebounds and five assists per year. Not many rookies have done that. LeBron's on the short list of rookies who have done stuff like that. You're talking about LeBron and Luka, and there's some outliers in there like Tyreek Evans. But for the most part, when you see a rookie that's averaging five rebounds and five assists, that's an indicator of that classic point forward type of archetype. And he's already sliding into that, that role. And then Evan Mobley, you know, big, long, athletic, you know, rim running center that has a lot of offensive polish. That's your Anthony Davis archetype, right? So you see these two types and, you know, we all obviously point to LeBron as a better player because he's a perimeter initiator. We just know that you have, when you can give the guy the basketball, 30 feet from the basket, 10 possessions in a row, and he can make every decision for you, that's just more valuable than a guy that has to be set up or can only score when he has the right circumstances, when he has enough space, when he has the right matchup, or when he, you know, when his jump shot is feeling good. Like, that's kind of the situation you have with Anthony Davis. You can't use him like that. So that's the kind of dynamic we're talking about with Mobley versus Cade. Now, the, there's a couple of stuff with Cade that's weird. Like, he's not shooting well. He's only 55% in the restricted area this season for 
for perspective, Russell Westbrook is at 55.8. So as horrible as Russell Westbrook has been finishing around the basket this year, Cade's actually been a little bit worse. Cade's only 34.5%. In the, in the paint non-restricted area, so all those little floaters and push shots in the lane. He's 37.3% from the uh, from the corner, or excuse me, from uh, uh, from mid-range. He's 31% from the corner and 33% above the break. That's It's not entirely uncommon for perimeter players to struggle shooting when they get in the league. It's just there's such a huge increase in defensive length and athleticism. Every shot that used to be kind of open for you is now a lot less open, and even the open ones are more rushed. So like you have to be quicker, you have to get more lift. It just throws off perimeter players. I expect him to figure that out eventually. He's 86% from the free throw line, which as you guys know, is one of the big things I look at for shooting. That is a static shooting scenario. You're perfectly balanced. It's just an indicator of your touch. So for him as a rookie to be shooting 86%, he's going to become a much better shooter. I actually see Cade becoming like a poor man's Luka Doncic. That's kind of the what I, what I see. Slow, shifty, really crafty. I just don't think he has the arsenal of moves that Luka has. And Luka's passing ability is obviously at another level. But that's kind of the archetype that I see from him. I, what makes me so excited about Mobley And the reason why I think he is going to win Rookie of the Year, and the reason why I think he has a significantly higher ceiling than Cade, even though he's a perimeter initiator, is I think Evan Mobley can do some perimeter initiating. One of the big things that scared me with Anthony Davis is his first step. He can't look a guy in the face and hit a quick move and get around him. He's not fast enough. Two NBA athletes are way too fast. They slide their feet, and they stay in front of Anthony Davis, and they turn him into a jump shooter unless he's going against a slow-footed big. Evan Mobley, you could see a lot of it tonight, but I've seen it all season. He's so quick with his feet, and he can change directions quickly, and he does have a quick first step. So there's some potential there for him to legitimately be a slasher, somebody that can beat guys off the dribble. That's what makes things exciting is he can bring a lot of what Anthony Davis brings to the table with the quickness and speed and handle to be able to beat people from the perimeter. This year, Evan Mobley is second in shots contested per game at 12.4. He is ninth in total blocks in the entire league. He's already shooting 39.4% from mid-range, and he's already shooting 40% on corner threes. So a lot of these indicators of awesome offensive development for a young player, but the most exciting part is he has that athletic upside that I don't think Anthony Davis had. Now, maybe Anthony Davis kind of did himself in by getting too strong. I saw this footage the other day. Uh, of him lighting people up with the Pelicans when he was so skinny. And like maybe that's the the thing that Evan Mobley has to watch out for is don't overly bulk up. Don't do what Anthony Davis did to himself by slowing himself down, by raising his physical profile and becoming too big to be fast. Those are the things you got to watch out for. And obviously it's too early. You never can tell with a guy's motor at this age because he's excited and he's in the NBA. Like Anthony Davis has become a player that's somewhat finicky with his effort and his focus on a nightly basis. You got to see whether or not that happens with Evan Mobley, but I see some specific indicators with him that tell me that he can reach a ceiling that even Anthony Davis couldn't reach. And that's really exciting. He doesn't look quite as tall. He doesn't look quite as, you know, long with his arms, but he does have a lot of the same traits that you see there. And it's something that I'm particularly excited about. So I think Mobley's going to win rookie of the year. And I think he's got the highest ceiling right now. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, 
That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warm weather brings many outdoor activities. Happy hours after work, weekend hikes, pool parties, and family barbecues. With all that time spent in the sun, we're often not thinking about what it's doing to our hair. Those rays can seriously affect your scalp and hair, making right now the perfect time to start taking Nutrafol to help keep your hair healthy this summer. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, and faster-growing hair with less shedding. Thinning hair is different for men and women, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth doesn't cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow based on your biology, life stage, and lifestyle factors. Physician formulated with drug-free ingredients, Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting key root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. With Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day and you'll see results in three to six months. Get results you can run your fingers through. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code HOOPS. That's H-O-O-P-S. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N U T. R-A-F-O-L dot com, promo code HOOPS, that's H-O-O-P-S. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code HOOPS. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, Come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. It's something that I've always been a big believer in. When Usually when you try to take on a project that you don't know how to do, it ends up just being a bigger headache as you try to learn and then you end up making mistakes and it ends up just not being worth it. Not only can a professional get the job done more efficiently, but you're also supporting local businesses in your area. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job is done well. With 29 years of experience, combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects easy. Angie has cost guides to tell you what others have paid for similar projects both nationally and in your area. The app is free and easy to use. We all know the difficulties that can come with home projects. Angie makes tackling your project as simple as possible from start to finish. Turn to Angie with confidence, even for major renovations or emergency repairs. Are you renting? Even renters can come to Angie for moving installations and cleaning. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. All right, before we get out of here tonight, I wanted to talk about this this story. So Bill Pulaski wrote a story today talking about how uh, the Lakers should trade LeBron. And then there was a bunch of conversations, you know, uh, on ESPN about it. And obviously, you know, I'll set it up like this. There was an old family guy bit where, uh, where Peter Griffin wins an award. And what, the, the guy goes to him and he goes like, hey, you can have this boat or you can have this box. And 
Peter looks at the box and he's like, oh, it's a mystery box. Like, what's in it? And he goes like, it could even be a boat. And then he takes the box and it ends up being something stupid. That's kind of how I feel about the idea of trading LeBron or trading Anthony Davis or trading stars in hopes of what a future draft pick could be. Like, you're just hoping that that 2027 first could be someone like LeBron. You're just hoping that that 2029 first could be someone like Anthony Davis. You currently have LeBron. You currently have Anthony Davis. You have everything you need except for a good set of role players, which, yes, I get it. You messed it up. You, you, you built incorrectly this season. You made a ton of mistakes. A bunch of people made a ton of mistakes, and it didn't work this time. But LeBron James and Anthony Davis are still under contract next season. And even if LeBron undergoes a little bit of a decline, slipping from the you know first, second, third best player in the world to the seventh, eighth, ninth best player in the world, you still have a ton of top-end talent. You still have a lot more than the vast majority of the teams around the league have. So it's much more advantageous for you to try to make this work than hope that maybe you get the mystery box that has the next LeBron in it. Especially as the L.A. Lakers, with the, as a free agent destination, you don't need to build organically through the draft. So the primary driving force behind this opinion, the reason why people want, you know, even consider trading LeBron is the drama. You know, I, I, one of the recurring themes that I've seen from people over the course of the last week is like, hey, building with LeBron sucks. He gets rid of all your assets. He brings a lot of drama. He, you know, all this, all, all this junk and it, 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 he destroys franchises. He always leaves franchises in a worse position than when he starts. And I don't think that's a fair characterization of the LeBron process. So I wanted to take a second to address that specifically. Everyone wants to point to Miami and the way that they were, they struggled post LeBron and the fact that they lost all, all their assets and the fact that they went all in on that group and it blew up in like four years and, and it was way shorter of a window than they thought, and they want to blame that on LeBron. Then they look at Cleveland, and they go, oh, look, here we go, four years again, blows up again, and they're forgetting about the very specific reasons why those situations went south. LeBron went to Miami to play with someone that was one of the best players in the world, which was Dwayne Wade. He was that for one year. And then about halfway through that second year, he started having issues with his knee, like fluid buildup and just general soreness. He started having to load manage. He started losing that explosiveness. He was very inconsistent on a night-in, night-out basis in terms of how his body felt. And that was just year two. It just got significantly worse and worse as the years went on. And by 2014, he was more or less a bench player. He might have been like the 25th to 30th best player in the league at that point. Not a bench player, but he was a, uh, a, a traditional role player, not, a, not a, super, a superstar at that point in his career. Then you move on to Cleveland, and they were incredibly dominant in the 2017 postseason. Just beat the crap out of everybody they played until they got to that juggernaut Warriors team. And after games five, after they lose in the finals, Kyrie goes into a press conference and says all these nice things about how he loves being under LeBron and learning from him. And, and, and then like a month later, he demands a trade. That's Kyrie's flakiness, which is well-documented. Kyrie's flakiness is what destroyed the Cavs. It wasn't LeBron cashing in assets. It wasn't LeBron's drama. It was Kyrie Irving. LeBron didn't mess up the Miami Heat. One of their core foundational pieces got hurt. And then literally they re-signed Chris Bosh after LeBron left for like a hundred something million dollars and he got a blood clot and he couldn't play. That's why those situations went south. It had nothing to do with LeBron. 
in this idea of like, oh, you lose assets, you lose assets. Every team, look, the Lakers are as strapped for assets as, as any team in the league. And they still have two firsts and a good young player to trade this summer. Every team is capable of retooling as long as they don't completely nuke themselves with stupid signings, right? And the Lakers have open cap looking forward. They just have, you know, LeBron, Anthony Davis. I think they'll get off a rust this summer, but all these veteran minimums are off. They can completely redo that next year. You know, I, I, Kendrick Nunn is an interesting situation there because if he opts in, that complicates things with the mid-level exception. But the point is, is like the Lakers do have flexibility. And the only reason this window feels like it's ending, the only reason this feels like the next Cavs or Heat is because Anthony Davis can't stay on the court. I, po- I pointed this out last week after he sprained his ankle. If Anthony Davis does not play another game this season, LeBron and AD will have only played together in 53 of 160 opportunities since the bubble. Is that because LeBron cashed in assets? Is that because, you know, LeBron's high drama? Or is that because guys got hurt? It's obviously because guys got hurt. The LeBron process, I understand that it's stressful, but it comes with a reward. It comes with a championship. This isn't a relationship. You're not going home to a dramatic wife every night, okay? This is a job. At the job, you put up with anything as long as the reward is commensurate. The Lakers are willing to put up with LeBron as long as they get a shot at a championship, which is what they're getting. That is the trade-off there. It's like a really high-paying job where you're really stressed out and need to go home and have a drink after. Like That's the kind of thing we're talking about here. This is a normal dynamic that comes with the pressure and expectation of winning. And LeBron is the best winner of this era, so obviously he's going to have more pressure and expectation than the next guy in the list. But no matter what, trading LeBron solves nothing. All that does is put you in a situation where you're hoping that your mystery box in 2027 gives you another LeBron. LeBron is not the problem. Guys got hurt. And when guys get hurt, it's really difficult to win. Now, you made some mistakes outside of that, but they're fixable mistakes. Just fix them this summer and then go back with it with your two top 10 players and try to win a championship next year. This is a solvable situation. All right, guys, that is all I had for tonight. I am so, so excited to cover a Lakers game tomorrow. I believe they play the Clippers. We'll be going live immediately after the final buzzer in that one. Thank you as always for your guys' support, and I will see you tomorrow. The volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Hey, it's Kevin Hart. In this basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back all my game tickets. Plus, tickets for 23 of my biggest fans to cheer me on while I enjoy the game. I appreciate the support, people. Eat that pretzel. This'll never get old. Use more napkins. Okay, this is starting to get old. Say the tagline. Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC.
This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com.